The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, joined by my good buddy Keith to break down this wonderful Sunday card for you. It's December 27th over here, a couple days after the holiday. Uh, we got a nice little 10-game slate to talk about. Actually, two slates, well, 10 games total. Uh, we have a nine-game main slate that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we have a showdown slate for 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so we get some good basketball throughout the day. Uh, and, you know, before we jump into anything, Keith, I just want to ask you, how are you doing? Um, and then how was your holiday, brother? How did everything go for you? Holidays are great. Uh, you know, it's great. Always great. To, uh, best time of the year for me. Um, especially this year leading up to the New Year's Eve. Just seems like the world kind of stops and everybody gets to enjoy all the all the holiday festivities. And we got games going on, college football, NFL. We got uh, basketball all day today. So it's a great day, great time. It's a glorious time, and that, these are one of the, my favorite times to play NBA DFS, and uh, simply because you know we get a lot of people that cross over between sports, and when I know that people aren't going to be uh, 100% and fully engaged and uh, immersed into their research for NBA, I see a little path to, to take advantage of it. So I don't, I play other sports, I don't play them seriously. NBA is the only one I take serious, and I put a lot of time and effort into. So um, once NBA season hits, I pause everything else. I go straight to the NBA. Not everybody hits that pause button though. Uh, so I look to take advantage of some people that might be, you know, maybe they're, uh, they spent 30% of their time researching NBA and the other 70s on NFL. Uh, and I, I'm looking to jump on those dudes, but, uh, glad to see, glad to hear that your holidays went well, man. Mine were, mine were rock solid over here. Uh, didn't get to see everybody in the family doing everything going on, but, um, nonetheless able to drop off some presents, see some smiles and, uh, have some nice food. So all that was well, uh, but we got some good stuff to jump into. Like I said, we got 10 games to talk about, so I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, you know, getting all the chit-chat in there. So before we jump into anything, <clears throat> just a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Uh, if you guys haven't jumped on this already, I honestly, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, now's the time to get some skin in the game at MyBookie where the odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are uh, and what they're capable of. It is not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. So sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make a bet, and you get paid. Uh, there's also a fully-fledged casino platform on their, uh, on their site that gives you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is... My bookie's doors, they never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So make the right play and sign up today at mybookie.ag and use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, to get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. So the terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll give you a free $100 to play with if you use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. So go check them out, guys. And while you're there, uh, you know, Open up another tab, checked out Manscaped, uh, and used our promo code over there, HoopBall20, and you'll get free shipping plus 20% off your entire purchase. So whether you want to get the lawnmower 3.0, the perfect package kit, or the ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, whatever your whatever your preference is, or if you just want to get a gift, it's not too late. I know we always uh you know we stumble across something three, four, five days after the holiday where it's whoops forgot about them. Uh, go on to uh, Manscaped.com, use that promo code HoopBall20, you get that 20% off plus the free shipping. 
Uh, they have a plethora of products, and I can't say a bad thing about any one of them just yet. I have been slowly working my way through uh, the entire Manscaped utility belt, and uh, I, I, I seriously love every single product. My favorite, actually, uh, the body wash. Uh, it smells absolutely fantastic, and then I got the ear, nose, and hair trimmer last week, uh, and it's been doing justice, man. I didn't think anything could get through the, the thick nose hairs I have, and this thing found a way to do it. So <clears throat> that's it, guys. So we're going to jump right into this. We have the first game on the docket, Keith. It is this showdown slate. It's Dallas versus the Clippers. Uh, we do have some things that we're going to have to monitor for this one. But before we jump into the injury news, we'll just start off with the quick over-under of 230 game total. And the Clippers are being favored by four at the moment. And then as far as injury uh, news is concerned, we do have a little bit we have to keep an eye on. Uh, as we know, Kawhi Leonard did get popped pretty hard in that, uh, in that Christmas Day game late at night. Uh, busted his mouth up, was kind of on the ground for a little while, did not look good. That being said, it's a mouth laceration, so it's something that you know normally we'd see guys play through. So we have to monitor that. If for some reason he were to sit, obviously that would impact the showdown slate drastically. Uh, for the Dallas side of the ball, the only thing we really need to keep an eye on is, is something we don't need to keep an eye on is Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, he's going to be out for at least a few more weeks, uh, if not a month. It did sound like Carlisle said it was... Um, on the term of weeks rather than months. And then we know that Marcus Morris Sr. is also ruled out for the Clippers. So we'll have to monitor the Kawhi Leonard news. Um, everything else we have available to us. So I'll pass it over to you, Keith. We'll start off with Dallas, uh, the away team in this situation. All, all the news is pretty much accounted for for them. We pretty much know what to look at when we're looking at Dallas. But let me hear your <clears throat> let me, excuse me. Let me hear your approach on how you're um, approaching them on this showdown slate with only one game. Got to look at uh, Luka Doncic in the captain spot. That uh, doesn't take any expert advice, but he's got he's got all the usage and uh, he's putting up big stat lines. He's not even in full hundred percent game shape when you ha- had our when we had our first look at him in the preseason. He was still saying that he still was a little bit away to get hundred percent, and he's still putting up monster games. Um, we saw the Clippers couldn't stop him last year, even when Kawhi was playing. And uh, the Mavericks are 0-2, so we know Luka's going to come out. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm clearing my throat here. Uh, we know Luka's going to come out firing. Uh, Trey Burke's getting an option at 2,800. If you um, if we know Kawhi's playing, that gives us Kawhi, Paul George, Luka Doncic. You could throw in some uh, Trey Burke. Everybody's going to be in on Nick Batum, but looking from the Mavericks side, going 0-2, I mean, it's been, it, might, it might be time to bring out Boban. Boban, um, when he plays, he's a machine. So if you're feeling bold, I mean, it's about time the Mavericks, uh, they've got to make a statement. they got to bring out they got to bring out the 7-4 beast. So I think it's about time, if you want to take a chance, if you uh, – even want to even take a chance and put him at the captain spot. He can win you money because if he gets over 20 minutes, I mean, he, we've seen him put up upwards 30, 40 points in just 20 minutes. So if you want to go bold, I'm t- I'm taking a look at uh, Boban tonight. I listen. It's uh, I'm a Boban truther. You don't you don't have to you don't have to press me too hard for Boban. He's literally probably one of my, my favorite players in the NBA. Uh, I just love the dude. I can't look at him and not smile. Uh, it's hard for me. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I think any time that we can consider Boban, we have to. Uh, just knowing that his point-per-minute usage, this guy only needs 14 minutes on the court to get you 28 DK points. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, 
do I fully trust him? No, uh, it's definitely some risk. I would only limit. I'd probably only be looking at him in tournaments. I just don't. I just don't feel the the safety net in cash. You know, maybe if we had Powell or Kleber or somebody in the front court out, we could feel a little bit better. Um, otherwise, we're really kind of rolling the dice on him. So, you know, tournaments, GPPs. Um, maybe if Leonard plays, you look at him a little bit more because if the game gets out of hand, that's generally what Carlisle does. You know, keep Maverick fans happy. They want to see Bobon when we're down thirty points. So that's how he'll get on the court. So I, I, I can't, you know, fully endorse it just yet. I, I kind of want to see a little bit, you know, injuries in the front court before I could get on a, get on the train. I, but I definitely see the reasoning. Yeah, I mean, basically you have to accept that there's an eighty percent chance that he uh, doesn't play the minute you're looking for. It's totally a G a GPP throw. I mean, take your chances. Um, yeah. No. No. I get time. it. Man. I mean, zero and two. They got to do something. Yeah, and uh, I think that's exactly what it is. And if you're if you're looking at Boban, you're you're somebody who's probably building, you know, constructing multiple lineups. You know, he's not a guy that I would probably feel great throwing into a single entry. But listen, it's a showdown slate. If you want an edge, you got to be uh, you got to be different, um, and that's one way to do it. So I, I definitely I definitely see your reasoning on that. And then with Luca, I'm with you. Um, do I end up with him in the captain spot? I think I'm gonna have to wait and see how some of the uh, news shakes out with Kawhi Leonard and and things like that. But Obviously, he's probably got the highest ceiling, the highest point per minute guy out of anybody in this game. Uh, so I can't knock you if if it makes sense construction wise, and you still can afford everybody else that you're looking at and you like. Yeah, go for it. Um, I kind of struggle getting there uh, off my initial build just because he is sixteen five for that captain spot. Uh, it is it does make it a little a little bit more difficult when you know I could spend down at fourteen four for Paul George uh, if Kawhi Leonard's out and. You know, that just kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Otherwise, I you know, I could even go with a little bit of Jay Rich. But the main guys I'm looking at on Dallas, you said it, it's Luka. Um, I'll continue to play Jay Rich over Hardaway. They're a little bit cheaper as well. Um, he looks like he's going to probably be their second go-to guy. Uh, until Chris Dobbs is back, they're going to need a lot from Jason Richardson. They're getting him acclimated. He's also been one of their defensive stoppers. Uh, so he just he's able to kind of fill up the stat line a little bit more than Tim Hardaway Jr. is, who's pretty scoring dependent. So... I'll probably lean uh, Richardson that way. And then the only other guy would be uh, DFS. I think Dorian Finney-Smith has taken a big step this season. Uh, the Mavs love this kid. They love what he's able to do, his versatility. One of their best defenders can guard multiple positions. So um, I'm in on Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, he's a guy that has a safe floor. And, you know, once every four or five games, we get to see that 35 DK point upside. So uh, whether this is the game with the 35, that I don't know. Uh, but I still feel pretty confident in his floor as well. And you touched on Trey Burke. I think that's a great call as far as, uh, you know, a guy that could be, yeah, I would say, fairly low owned. Doesn't get the the attraction and the ownership that he probably deserves on any given night. Um, he makes a lot of sense in this kind of game script in this slate. So I do like that call by you on the on Trey Burke. But I'll pass it over to you for the Clippers. Um, you know, give me the scenario. If Kawhi Leonard plays, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, who are you looking at? Kawhi Leonard does not play. Obviously, Paul George becomes a smash play. Nick Batum, I mean, this guy has completely resurrected his career. Ty Lu is really proving his worth as a as a notable head coach, and uh, Nick Batum is somebody I'm definitely looking over here on the Clippers side. You got Paul George, like I said. It's still tough to really see with the big men: Serge Ibaka, Ivica Zubak on the Clippers. Um, those two guys are splitting minutes right now. It's hard to really roster either one of them at the price that they're at. So I think uh, if Kawhi does play, you have to you have to take Kawhi because um, 
we saw what he did last year against the Mavericks. He gets good for up to 70 in a game. I guess that's on FanDuel. In DraftKings, we know he can put up big numbers as well. But um, <clears throat> Luke Kennard, he's he's uh, building a new role with the Clippers. So Luke Kennard is somebody to look at. Patrick Patterson doesn't intrigue me at all. So Reggie Jackson, I don't like Reggie Jackson. Um, Marcus Morris is still out. So Lou Williams, he, he just hasn't had it since since the bubble. And he's still priced. I mean, his price has come down. So with Kawhi Leonard out, Lou Williams actually does become a pretty good play. Um, Lou Williams is somebody to focus on, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably my top option. Him and Paul George, I think, are just the you know the obvious candidates. That uh, obviously with with Leonard out, we're gonna we're gonna expect some usage to go around. There's some shot attempts. There's no Montrezl Hilaro coming off the bench anymore uh, for Lou Williams, so he should have uh, the volume of that second unit uh, usage. And he's gonna have to handle a lot of ball handling responsibilities, especially if Batum uh, draws another start. Um, if you know that that would be the the thing I anticipate to happen if Kawhi sits, Batum would probably start regardless. Uh, but you can pretty much staple that in there and expect a little bit more usage from him. So I think we get a lot of Clippers action. If Kawhi Leonard plays, I'm probably not going to play him. Um, I still prefer Paul George at a little bit of a discount. I just think, you know, the second that the Clippers, you know, get a seven or eight point lead, there's no there's no reason uh, to keep Kawhi Leonard out there. Um, so he'd probably be the first guy that you know, I kind of cross off my list. I get it. Kawhi Leonard's Kawhi Leonard. He could go off any given moment. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, go back and forth on anybody about it if they want to play with him. But. Uh, you know, that's kind of my take on this. So I'll be looking at Paul George. I'll be looking at Batum. I'll be looking at a little Lou Williams. Uh, and then I think somebody in the front court is going to be able to take advantage of Dallas. I'm not getting to see what I want from Ibaka just yet. I don't feel comfortable at the minute. So I'd probably lean Zubak in that kind of scenario. He's a good point per minute guy. He only needs about 20, 21 minutes to, uh, to pay off that salary. So that's pretty much what I'm looking at. And it, it basically just comes down to construction, guys uh, and girls. Uh, however you feel comfortable about everybody in your lineup, try to be a little contrarian. It is a one-game showdown slate. So, you know, we're going to have crossover. We're going to have a lot of multiple lineups, a lot of the same-looking, uh, you know, people splitting money. So uh, try to get a little different. And, you know, we have a nine-game slate. It's not too much. It's not too long after this. Uh, don't go crazy either. That's my that's my recommendation. I only play these showdown slates when I feel like uh, I need to get some action. I'll probably play this one a little bit because I'm a Dallas guy, but uh, most of my money is going to be invested into the main slate. So, uh, you ready to move on and, and start tackling that bad boy? Yeah, let's go. I'm prepared. Let's do it, bro. We have the first game: Brooklyn Nets traveling to Charlotte uh, take on this this Hornets team, and uh, Hornets are on the second half of a back to back in this one. Uh, let me just get a little a little refresh action going in here just to make sure that my lines are absolutely up to date. Because uh, as of right now, I'm not seeing anything on this uh, Charlotte. Oh, there it is. 224 uh, game total. And it is Brooklyn being favored by 7.5 points in this one. So as far as injuries uh, for the Nets, uh, nothing really to be concerned with. They should be good to go in this one. Kyrie and KD have been looking great. And then for Charlotte, Cody Zeller uh, dealt with dealing with that uh, fractured left hand. He's still out. Probably going to miss a better half of a month, month and a half. We saw Bismack Biombo draw the start for him yesterday. Played well in that start. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So I'll pass it over to you. We'll start with the away team. We'll start with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we have nine games. We have some studs. Um, you know, why don't you talk about some of the guys that you're looking for and looking at on Brooklyn? Uh, and we'll start crossing some of these guys out of our player pool as well. I love Jared Allen tonight. Jared Allen has been... 
low owned. He's been putting up numbers. He's looked great. Uh, Charlotte uh, has Bismack starting now, so that takes him away from Jared Allen. So they really don't have anybody off the bench to match up uh, with Jared Allen. So Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, we saw he went off against the Warriors opening night. This should be kind of similar to that where, I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant will come out firing in the first quarter, and uh, LeVert will come in the second half and uh, just absolutely destroy Charlotte's second team along with Jared Allen. Those are probably my two favorite plays between Allen and uh, LeVert on the net side. All right. Yeah, I do like that Allen call. Um, that, that, that does make a lot of sense just knowing that, you know, their, their front court's hurt. <laughs> They're depleted. Uh, they do have the rookie. Um, name slipping my mind right now, um, but I, I don't trust him. He did not even get a, a minute in that last game. He didn't even find his way in the rotation. So uh, we'll probably end up either seeing them go beyond at center again or they'll you know try to go a little bit small. But it's going to be a little tougher to go small with Kevin Durant playing the four. Um, might end up seeing a little bit more Miles Bridges is probably my take on that. But um, I don't have a ton of interest uh, outside. I do like your Allen call, so maybe I'll keep him in my player pool on anybody in Brooklyn. I get it. Top dogs, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these guys are always in play. They're both underpriced or fairly priced. You know, these guys could easily pay off a 9K salary. I'm not worried about that. But um, this game, um, I don't love this game. I think there's a lot of other games that we could choose from. I think I'm going to end up spending up on a couple other people. Uh, so as of right now, you know, not crossing them off, but they're not necessarily, you know, key plays of mine either. I don't really... Uh, have anybody in mind um, for Brooklyn right now? I I'm pretty with you there. I am writing the layup line today, and I said the exact same thing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I mean, they can easily produce in three quarters, but they're not top options on the slate tonight. Nope. And let's keep it moving to Charlotte then, because you know, obviously with uh, with Zeller out, Biombo came out. He put up a nice game in that last one, about 26 DK points and only 3800. Uh, played about you know thirty minutes in that one, so it's a back to back. You know that might that may, might impact some of the the steam that this this uh, Hornets team has necessarily. But you know Biombo feels like a pretty safe play at this point, and I imagine that a lot of people have him in their cash lineups. Uh, where are you at with them though at thirty eight hundred? I think that Charlotte's going to go more. I mean, they want to go small ball. Biombo didn't even close the game out yesterday, so. That's not a great sign. He came out putting up stats. I mean, looking in the first couple minutes of the game, he had 10 points real fast yesterday. But um, just identifying the signs of him not closing the game and knowing that they want to play P.J. Washington more at the five, it's hard for me really to um, love Biombo when there's so many other great options at center tonight. So I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um, so I don't know. I, that, there was a quick second of pause. I do apologize on that. I, uh, I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, Biombo, he's going to be a little bit of a chalky play. But for the past two seasons, we've been able to target centers going against uh, this Brooklyn Nets team. I don't think necessarily the addition of Kevin Durant, you know, scares me off of that too much. I still think it's something that we can look at. Uh, we'll probably find out, you know, six to seven, eight games in if that's something that we can really keep targeting. But uh, until then, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my hunch on it. Um Biombo, I think at 3,800, I, I do think he's still in play for me. I do like your call on P.J. Washington. He actually makes a little bit more sense in this matchup because of DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. These guys having to chase him out to the three-point line, uh, create some space in the paint. So I can see you know him having the better game, but I still think Biombo at 3,800 makes sense for some value. And then the only other guy I'm really looking at on this team would be uh, a guy like Gordon Hayward. Um, I just anticipate this guy's going to lead the team in usage. Um, 
probably the whole season. You know, might not lead him in shot attempts every single night uh, with Devontae Graham there just chucking um, terrible shots. He takes terrible <laughs> shots, that guy. But nonetheless, at 7,100, I think that's still a more than fair price tag for Gordon Hayward. So uh, Washington, Hayward, and Biombo are the only guys I have in mind right now on this team. Um, and I'll probably end it there. I I do want to throw out Lamelo Ball. He came out. Uh, he's coming for Terry Rozier's spot. Rozier had that great first game, and I mean he he's definitely a serviceable player. He's not he's not what everybody thought. I mean, after one game, he's not forty two point per game scorer. Nobody is, but um, Lamelo Ball he definitely had an improved game yesterday. I think they give him more than fifteen minutes, and uh, high profile matchup against the Nets. I definitely want to have some Lamelo ball tonight because he's been priced down already. Yeah, and you and we touched on it. It's second half of a back-to-back, so it wouldn't shock me if the, some of these younger guys get a little extra extra burn, extra run, especially if the game gets out of hand. So especially, yeah, if you're game scripting this and you for some reason you think that, you know, Charlotte has no chance to stay in it, I think Lamelo will be the first guy I look to play. Uh, 15 minutes is a floor, then if the game gets out of hand, he gets 20-25. He's a great point-per-minute dude. Uh, we've seen that evident in his rebounding upside alone. So... Um, I do not mind that call whatsoever. Is there uh, anything else you wanted to talk about on the Charlotte side before we keep moving to the next game? Uh, you mentioned Devontae Graham's bad shooting, but when he gets hot, he can put up 30 in a game. So I agree he takes bad shots, but he does get hot sometimes. And um, the Nets are not specifically known for their defense, so it could get interesting if these guys get hot. All right. Yeah, so I don't. I don't necessarily mind Graham. It's just for me. Uh, what it comes down to is guys at similar price tags in that range that I'd prefer to play over him. You know, we'll get to him uh, a little bit later, whether it's, you know, your Oladipo or Kobe White, uh, even, you know, Marcus Smart. Um, all those guys are right around that same price tag. And I think I probably prefer to play them at this point. Um, but I get it. Graham, he gets it done in the assist categories as well. And he looks like he's good for, you know, anywhere between seven assists every single game. And then again, he's not shy to shoot whether they all go in. Uh, that we don't know going into the night, but guys get hot in the right night. And if he's taking, you know, 12, three pointers, uh, and he's hot, he's going to put up a big game. So I'm with you. That's not a, not a bad option either. So let's go to San Antonio. This game right now looks like it's coming in as a 226 over under, uh, new Orleans is being favored by six points. This game is going to be played in new Orleans as well. Um, and then we'll look at the San Antonio side of things. Uh, Derek white still out right now. Um, <clears throat> Second half of a back-to-back for the Spurs as well in this game. So we saw DeJounte Murray lead that point guard charge for him. Played great in that last one. Uh, won me some money last night. I was all over him, so that was nice. But we'll go to the New Orleans side of the ball as well. And there's nothing that we need to be concerned uh, except for Wenyon Gabriel. He's still out, but not really in the rotation otherwise. Anyway, so uh, looking at this Spurs second half of a back-to-back, this is something that we've been a little cautious with with Greg Popovich over the years. But uh, teams get a little bit younger. Um, you know, not really uh, a lot of question marks in this rotation, I think, at this point. But where are you going looking at this San Antonio team? You're right. I was all over DeJounte Murray uh, Wednesday night. I love I love his game. He's a triple-double threat. He's got a tough matchup against Lonzo. Um, I kind of like DeMar DeRozan's um, lineup versatility, him playing at more power forward position this year. Really um, – it's been a spark for the Spurs to start starting 2-0. and So um, I think Murray is definitely a great play. I'm not going to talk you out of playing him. But uh, tonight, I feel like DeRozan, he's been in a good groove. I would uh, look at DeRozan for 
around the same price tag. I'll look at DeRozan and that lineup versatility tonight. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I still like uh, Murray. Don't get me wrong. 6,800, though. A little bit of an increased salary. Uh, still very much in play. He's another guy where we just talked about Graham. He's only a couple hundred bucks more than Graham. I'd probably prefer Murray. Uh, but I like that call with DeRozan. Only a $500 difference between DeRozan and Murray. That $500 is uh, is enough for me just to kind of go to DeRozan and feel a little bit more confident about his floor. Uh, both have very similar ceilings. DeRozan, uh, the floor is there. But keep in mind, the thing that impacted Murray's uh, floor generally on, on any given night last season was the fact that Derek White uh, was there uh, and able to take some of those point guard minutes away from him. So um, as long as Derek White's out, you know, DeJounte Murray is a guy that I'll firmly look at every single night. So those two guys are probably my two top options. I won't be playing Kendall Johnson. 5,500. Um, we saw kind of a little bit of the of the shine come off of him <clears throat> last night. So uh, I'm, I'm letting other people play him uh, until I see it on a consistent basis and maybe a little bit even of a cheaper salary. I, I can't just jump on board on that. So I, that's it. I mean, this is an up-paced matchup for the Spurs. I do like this game for him. So for me, it's going to be the, probably just the three top dogs. And then, uh, you know, even guys like Lonnie Walker at 5K, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of value in that. Um, you know, he's a guy that could come out there and sink you. And then even then, what's the ceiling? Maybe 30. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably pass on Lonnie Walker as well. I think there's some better values we'll get at, but, uh, you ready to move on to the new Orleans side of the ball or anything left on San Antonio? I think that's a perfect, perfect analysis. I I'm with you hundred percent. All right, brother, let's keep it moving. Then, uh, Zion Williamson, 8,200 on DK power forward center eligibility, uh, came out and just blew the roof off the doors during that Christmas game. He looked phenomenal. So did his, uh, front court mate of Brandon Ingram, uh, or I guess wing mate, they're, He's 6'10". We'll call him a, we'll call him front court mate, even though he doesn't. Uh, both these guys, absolute studs. I don't think we can take anything away from them, both AK and above. If you had to pick one of these two guys, which one would it be? I like Zion tonight. The uh, Spurs have had a tough time defending the power forwards. So Zion, we've already seen they can't stop him last year. He made his debut against the Spurs. He came out in the fourth quarter, and uh, he was on fire, so. I think he's going to be confident they're at home. Zion's going to uh, put up a quick, easy 50, I think. Another easy 50. Yeah, I'd probably lean uh, lean Zion in this one, too. I, I love the fact that they played him 38 minutes in that Christmas Day game, and that's one thing that we, we're generally worried about with Zion is you know, how much are they going to work him, how many minutes he's going to get. This is also a game that we're not expecting necessarily a blowout either, so... Um, I'm with you. I think Zion would probably be my preferred option over Ingram. It's splitting hairs. I think Ingram's also underpriced at 8K. Uh, other than that, the other guy I'm probably going to be looking at would be Eric Bledsoe in a nice little bounce back game. He burned a lot of people on Christmas Day, uh, and rightfully so. He burned me pretty well. Uh, but we can't let that just kind of be indicative of how we're going to go looking at him going forward. So 5800 I think, is a fair price tag for Eric Bledsoe. He's got point guard and shooting guard eligibility. Uh, and I don't mind going back to the well on him in the spot where a lot of people otherwise might kind of fade him. Uh, got burned by him, nine-game slate, a lot of other options. I just don't expect his ownership to be all that high. I, uh, I'm i I'm not as big on Eric Bledsoe as you are. Um, like you say, burned a lot of people. I, I did not roster him, so he did not burn me. But um, I see where you're coming from. He, the New Orleans Saints uh, – I'm sorry, <laughs> the Pelicans rotation – has uh, been about seven deep, so Bledsoe's going to get his minutes and his shot attempts. 5,800, I see where you're coming from, so he could easily pay off. Um, Lonzo Ball, he, I'm big on the steals and the blocks, like I mentioned uh, 
last time on our preseason slate. So if, if I had to choose between the two, I mean, I like Lonzo's uh, upside a little bit more than uh, Bledsoe. Yeah, I'm with you. I definitely think Lonzo does have a, does have a, a little bit of a higher upside just because we know that he's going to he's gonna get it done in, in rebounds and assists and some of those defensive numbers as well. So uh, I, don't, I don't mind that call. There we go. A little, little board bet between us, between a little Bledsoe and a little Lonzo action. But uh, let's keep it moving to the next game, man. We're cruising right now. I like this pace that we have. So we have Orlando going against Washington. This game is going to take place in Washington. As far as game total, 225.5, Washington being favored by two points. Uh, injury news, obviously something that we're going to have to monitor. For Orlando, uh, James Enos still out, only one that we need to keep an eye on. And then for uh, Washington, uh, Rui Hachimura still dealing with the conjunctivitis. We'll also have to keep an eye on Russell Westbrook. Uh, this team did play yesterday. It's the second half of a back-to-back. Scott Brooks has mentioned uh, before the season starting that Westbrook was not going to play back-to-backs. Uh, he didn't come out and say he wasn't going to play yet today, but it's something that we definitely have to keep an eye on. It would not shock me. Um, even if he does play, I expect him to be fairly limited. So uh, we'll start with this Orlando side of the team. Vucevic came out yesterday, had an absolute huge game, 8,300. It's a great matchup. Uh, where are you at with him um, on tonight's slate, though? Yeah, they, they're going to attack Thomas Bryant. That was the game plan. I don't see that changing. Um, this game was in Washington. Looks like it's in Washington again. So there was no travel that bodes well for Vucevic. He's always been a guy who comes out and plays on back-to-back sets. So uh, he's been priced down a little bit if you're worried about it. Uh, that that down pricing right there should uh, alleviate some of your worries and expect another 20-10 game. Um, he didn't get any blocks, so he puts up a couple of extra block stats with Westbrook out since some of the other guys may be getting some more shot attempts. Um, Vucevic may even get some more blocks and steals. So I think he's uh, definitely in play and a, and a great play at night. Yeah, I can't argue a big Vuk. It's just uh, he's he's the model of consistency. Uh, you know you know what you're getting every single game out of Vucevic. It's a high floor and it, the ceiling's always there as well. Uh, I'd, I'd be looking at like, you know, probably like a 38 to 40 point floor from Vucevic. And I think we do have some upside in this matchup. So I don't mind taking a look at him um, outside of him. Uh, probably not much more I'm going to be going to in this game. It is an up pace matchup for Orlando. So, if, you know, if I'm looking at anybody who probably would be on the Orlando side of the ball, uh, just not a game that I'm overly excited about. And I think that we just have a few other games that I'd rather get exposure to. So, um, you know, if you wanted to play a Gordon or a Fultz, sure. They're, I think they're priced fairly. I don't think you're getting a lot of value in their pricing, but it's an up-paced matchup and a great spot for them. So I, w- I wouldn't knock you in those. Uh, outside of that, anybody else you're looking at? I mean, 250 points they scored yesterday. It just seems like – just seems like I, I was surprised that I don't think there was any of those two guys on, like, the um, – on the first-place team yesterday. That Cavs game and the Houston game – uh, was really basically a lot of the main plays on the winning slate, but with 250 points scored, this game, like I, I kind of have the same feel as you, where I don't really want to play these guys, but if they're going to score another 250, it's making me really uh, consider them more than I want to. Yeah, and I and listen, they they we just saw it last night, so I'm not going to sit here and say it can't happen. Um, I'm expecting a little bit more, maybe a little more sloppiness on the second half of a back to back. Uh, you know, like I said, if Westbrook doesn't play, that's going to impact things pretty drastically for the Washington side of the ball. So, you know, all those things take into account. That's kind of my reasoning behind it. 
Um, but I get it. Uh, high game total. We're gonna. It's probably a game that you know. There's probably about two. I think two or three other games on this slate that have higher game totals than this one right now. Uh, one, two. I'm sorry. Yeah, two games on the slate with a higher game total. Otherwise, so it's right up there. Uh, it's got it's got one of the higher game totals on the slate. So I get it. Um, it all it all makes sense. But it's just uh, for me. I, it's tough for me to it's tough for me to buy into a lot of these guys. You know, I can I can pay the Westbrook pri- uh, price if I know he's playing full complement of minutes. He's going to triple double when he does. There's no worries there. Uh, and other than that, you know, we can look at. Uh, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself going over to the Washington side of the ball. If Westbrook does sit, who kind of starts for him? Uh, you know, who gets that little extra usage? Obviously, Bradley Beal becomes a great play. Eighty nine hundred. You know, he's a guy that we were paying ninety four ninety five for last season with uh, with no Wall or no Westbrook next to him. So. I don't mind paying that price tag on him. Uh, but who do you think gets the backup point guard, or I guess maybe even the starting point guard minutes? Do you think they kind of go with the Ish Smith um, or Raul Neto? Do we see Troy Brown Jr. kind of, uh, you know, take a little bit more ball handling responsibilities? What's your what's your take on this? I think they go Ish Smith. He's been in the system, even though Scotty Brooks is a first-year head coach. Ish Smith has been with the team. Um Looking at Neto's numbers, it seems like Neto may have, may be a little more productive with a little more. We know what Ish Smith is. Um, he's a career backup point guard. He can put up numbers, but he's priced fifty seven hundred. That's way too high to really be happy with. Um, what well, I mean, his floor and his ceiling just doesn't really make too much sense. Neto, I mean. I think Neto can be an option at 3,100. I mean, if if he gets the minutes, he can put up some numbers. So I, I like Neto. When you when you want to say who do I think is going to start, I think Ish Smith would start. But I definitely would have more interest in Neto at 3,100. Yeah, and I think with those two guys, I, I you know I'm kind of with you. I think Ish Smith would be the guy I'd want to play, but he's priced to the point where. Takes a lot of the uh, the meat off the bone, you know. Fifty seven hundred, you could easily pay that off. We've seen Ish Smith have some pretty big games, but you know, Neto is there. I don't expect Ish Smith to come out here and play thirty five minutes necessarily, but I could see you know twenty two to twenty four, maybe twenty five, uh, and he can pay that off in there. So I, I don't mind either one of those guys. I probably won't go to Neto um, with Ish Smith healthy, but um, it's it's a situation worth monitoring. What I'm mostly paying attention to is like where's that usage going to go? Obviously, like I said, Bradley Beal is going to get a ton of it, but you know who's going to be second on this team in shot attempts is what I want to know. Um, I think it's going to be Davis Bertans. So I don't mind looking at Davis Bertans at uh, 5,900. He's a guy that generally goes low owned. Um, not, not much of a, you know, rebound stuffer or a stat stuffer, but this dude can, you know, make it rain and, and get hot with like the best of them. So, uh, I don't mind looking at Davis Bertans. I'd expect double digit shot attempts from him. So at 5,900, he's a guy that he's in play. So for me, it's going to be Beal and it's going to be Bertans. And that's probably it for Washington. I know that Bertans was on, uh, 18 to 20 minute limit restriction on Saturday. So I want to keep an eye out, see if they say with Westbrook out, if he can get a little more minutes, 5,100, he can still put up the uh, points. But uh, that minute restriction is just something that I wanted to throw out there so everybody knows um, what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. Good call, man. Um, yeah. And I, I'm one, one thing I'm thinking is that maybe they were restricting him because it was the second half of a first half of a back to back. Uh, so there, you know, there is that. I don't necessarily think he's going to come out here and play 35 minutes again. He's a high point per minute guy. Um, good point. Probably more of a GPP play than a cash play because of that risk. You know, he could just come out here and play 18 to 20 again. Uh, 
but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I probably should have mentioned. So good call, man. I appreciate that. And uh, anything else on Washington? Are you ready to keep moving? Uh, we can keep moving. I mean, Thomas Bryant is going to get the minutes against Vucevic. And uh, I think mentioning who the second option would be, he was eight for 11 yesterday. He even shoots the three ball. I think he would be their second option. So um, just just throwing that out there. 6,500, don't love the price tag. But in my opinion, I think he would be their second option. All right. We keep it moving then. Philly uh, traveling to Cleveland. Uh, take on this team, Philly, uh, on the second half of a back-to-back. Cleveland as well. This game's coming in at a 218 uh, game total. Philly being favored by six points in this one. So, uh, you know, as far as injuries, news concerned with Philadelphia, uh, nothing to really monitor. It is the second half of a back-to-back. So we will have to see what Doc Rivers does in his first back-to-back as head coach of uh, the Sixers, whether he limits, you know, Embiid or Simmons or anybody. We'll have to wait and see. And then on the yeah, Cleveland side, Ryan, uh, I'm sorry. sorry to interrupt. Three, three games in four nights. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just wanted to add that. No, it's a good point. I mean, this is uh, it's a big thing, especially when we talk about Joel Embiid, is just what sort of workload do they want to give him, kind of uh, monitoring him throughout the regular season, making sure they have him for playoffs and that whole thing. So uh, it's worth noting in that that might definitely impact his uh, his rotation that you know or the rotation that we see. Um, for Cleveland, Del Vadova, Kevin Porter Jr., both still out. We'll have to monitor uh, Kevin Love. It was his uh, return to the lineup yesterday. And uh, with Bit being the second half of back-to-back, wouldn't shock me if he's limited or sits. So we'll start off with this Philly side of the ball. You talked about it. Three games and four nights. It's a big task for any team, especially this team. So, you know, where are you looking? Uh, you know, cakewalk matchup, but, you know, where are you looking on this Philadelphia team? I was I was eyeing this box score last night, Knicks and Sixers, and I noticed Embiid was at 20 minutes going into the fourth quarter. I, I, maybe it was a little, maybe 22 minutes or something like that. Um, and then the Knicks kind of creeped up there. It was 90 to 81. They got it within nine. He brought Embiid back in. I think he played him a little bit more than he wanted to. Embiid was playing back-to-backs last year, and he and Andre, Andre Drummond have a little bit of a rivalry. So I know that Embiid had this one circled on the schedule. Um, 9,800, he can go off any night. So, Embiid is somebody I'm very interested in. I've been watching since last night. Uh, Cleveland started out 2-0. and Drummond is the opposite of Embiid. He, we know he's coming to play every night. No load management concerns there. So, there's going to be a lot of intrigue, great matchup between the two. Um, Ben Simmons, like you say, I mean, he's always an option. You got to mention him. He can also put up, he's basically got a floor of about 40, especially. I think you, I think, I think you might've dropped off right there, but, um, I'm with you. I think, you know, Ben Simmons, he's not a guy I play, you know, unless I see him bead sitting or if it's the right spot, it's a fantastic matchup for him. It's one of those matchups where it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out here and drops a triple double, but he's not a guy that. I'm uh, over on right now. I think I'd rather play Embiid over him for the $600 more. Uh, for me, man, I'm, I'm kind of looking at some of these ancillary guys. Your Shake Milton's and your Tobias Harris's. And, you know, with this game, uh, being on a back-to-back, you know, I don't think that they need all their heavy guns to necessarily beat Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland just went into an overtime game last night. These guys are going to be tired. They spent, they're spent. Uh, a lot of these guys played heavy minutes. So I'm, I'm kind of going to be looking at, you know, Milton and Harris. I think those guys are very, very fair salaries and fair price tags. But, um, 
that's probably it for me. And even those guys, they're they're not smash out of the park home run type plays for me. I think that they're you know fairly low owned guys that are priced appropriately. Oh, uh, look at Javale McGee. He's been getting some meaningful minutes at thirty six hundred. Um, we know he can put up four or five blocks any night he plays. Uh, Dwight Howard's not an easy matchup though. McGee even drained a three last night. That was. <laughs> Quite a sight to see. Who <laughs> would have thought like five uh, years ago that you'd, uh, if you told me I'd see JaVale McGee hitting threes, I, w- I would have said, yeah, you know, we'll see what Shaq has to say about that. But uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think he makes sense. Uh, as like a nice little low-owned guy. Um, and let's keep in mind, uh, you know, these two guys between Howard and McGee, they spent an entire season with each other last year. So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe one got, uh, got one over on the other one in practice pretty often. Yep. And they both they both have that in common where they both hate Shaq as well, so uh, you know they they'll have a nice little chat about that. Uh, outside of him, I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore with uh, what Darius Garland's been doing to start start this season, even dating back to the preseason. I mean, the guy's only fifty five fifty nine hundred, um, and he's been playing big minutes. That game last night, he kind of you know came close to breaking the slate at uh, his price tag at twenty one points, twelve assists, five boards, two steals, and a block. But he did play 44 minutes. And like I said, I'm a little concerned about a lot of these Cleveland guys just not having the steam and the gas that they'll need to go against Philly. Uh, playing all those minutes last night. So I get it. Garland's a fantastic option at 5,900. Um, I'm probably going to shy away from a lot of these Cleveland guys knowing that they played those heavy minutes last night, though. Larry Nance Jr., he should uh, pick up the slack. Like you mentioned, if Kevin Love is out, he he didn't play a lot of minutes out of all the guys. I think uh, he only played 25 minutes last night. Uh, so Larry Nance Jr., he uh, lit up the slate Wednesday night. I, I definitely want to throw him out there. Yeah, and he, he did get a little bit of a price bump. He's 6800 now, so I think he's kind of priced right. So uh, I do like your call, though. I do like mentioning that he did have limited minutes last night. If Kevin Love does sit, Larry Nance is the guy that we generally want to look at. So I definitely think he's in play if Love sits. If we hear Love's playing um or limited he's still in play don't get me wrong but obviously he loses a little bit of steam in that kind of scenario but um all right man let's uh love garland and garland has looked great he's put on 17 pounds i think it is in the off season so he's a new he's a new man he's fun to watch uh i have touted this game pretty highly just because the Cavs have been so fun to watch so garland is a great call 5900 the minute the minute thing definitely is a factor. So yeah, he's uh, a young guy though, too. So, I yeah. mean, if there's anybody that will be fine on playing a big minute game, it's going to be these young 20 something year old guys. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, it, it, it is tough though. You got to imagine that this is one of the earlier games on the night and that long overtime game, these guys are, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough matchup for them, but and they, had, uh, they had to travel back from Detroit also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. So there's, there's a lot, I guess on the outside of just matchup and everything else going on, that kind of sways me away from this game. But listen, uh, Cleveland can give up points. Um, Philly, they're on a second half of a back-to-back. I get it. I'm not necessarily saying this game's going to be a blowout. I just think it's going to be a little bit ugly. But we'll keep it moving until the next game. Um, you know, we still have a, a fair amount of games to talk about. Let's see, you got one, two. Uh, we got five games left, man. So we we got a uh, we're about forty four minutes into the show. Five games left. We're gonna have to turn on overdrive to get through these. Try to keep the show under an hour. We don't want to take too much time out of everybody's wonderful Sunday. Uh, but we have the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to New York take on the Knicks. Uh, this is a back to back for the Knicks. We just talked about them going against Philly. So as far as game totals concerned, this one comes in as a two twenty three over under. 
Milwaukee being favored by 11 points. So it's the second largest spread on the slate. There's another one that's 11 points as well. Uh, we'll start off with this Milwaukee team. Uh, they've just been playing great basketball. Basketball, we just don't see everything that from these guys. And, you know, my one worry over here, Keith, is that it's another matchup where we just don't need to see 32, 33-plus minutes from Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. Um, I just don't see the Knicks being able to necessarily uh, compete fully with this uh, with this Bucks team. And, you know, hey, it happens. There's a lot of times we game script a blowout. It doesn't go our way. Uh, but it's kind of hard for me to, you know, pay up on a lot of these guys. I think Holiday's at a very fair price tag. But, you know, Giannis and Middleton, they're priced appropriately. Um, but why don't you give me your look and your take on this Milwaukee Bucks team um, before we just jump over there and I, and I pass it over to you, though. Let me just, you know, touch on Rivers, Obi Top, and both of them already ruled out quickly. Uh, he's questionable. He missed uh, that last game. I would be surprised if he does play. He's dealing with a hit pointer soreness after uh, he got body checked pretty hard on a, on a screen on opening night. So, uh, that that's pretty much it. And Amari Spellman is also out. So then I'll, let's hear it from you. Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, 10-5. Could you pay that? No, I'm not paying 10-5 for Giannis tonight. Uh, in my layup line, I basically with you, I mean, you said we got five games left. I basically crossed this one off my uh, off my list. Uh, I'm not really interested in this game. It's not R.J. Barrett stunk it up last night. Julius Randle is an option he'll put up he can get you 20 points but that price tag um doesn't interest me alec burks is probably one of the only ones i consider on the knicks 5400 and then uh, brooke lopez he's 5300 somebody on the bucks is going to put up numbers 5300 if he's the one he we've seen him put up the numbers and then nerland's noel if he gets some extra run those are the three guys that I would even consider in this game. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so I kind of gave my, my my spiel on the box. Um, if you want to play Giannis, go for it. I would just run it back with some some New York guys, hoping that this game stays close and you get the most out of both of them. Um, and then other than that, Holiday, I think, is priced fair. And then I have one guy for a GPP that is kind of a little intriguing to me, and it's Bobby Portis at 4,700, a little bit of a revenge narrative going against his former team uh, and his old coach. So I, you know, I don't mind looking at Bobby Portis, especially if your game scripting this one to get out of hand. He could see a couple extra minutes in that case, and he's a good point per minute guy. If you watch Bobby Portis over the years, once he touches the ball in the post, everybody just pretty much runs to the opposite end of the court because they know they're not they're not getting it again. It's either going to go in or it's going to be a defensive rebound for the other team. Uh, it's one or the other. He's uh, I wouldn't call him necessarily a high usage guy, but he's a guy that's not afraid to chuck and take as many shots as he'd like. So he's a guy that I could see being a low owned GPP type flyer type guy. Uh, and then on the Knicks side of the ball, like I said, the only interest I have in any of these guys are in the situation that I'm playing a Giannis and I want to run it back. I want some exposure to the other side of the ball. Um, you know, Peyton's been playing absolutely terrible. I think, you know, at this point in time, the Knicks are just kind of hoping that quickly is going to be healthy. And, I, I, you know, we don't see Tibbs kind of give the rookies a lot of leash, but this kid's going to play playing well. And it wouldn't shock me at some point if quickly is their starting point guard. It might be two or three weeks down the road, but. Uh, you know, maybe something to keep an eye on for your for your season long leagues. But that's it for me. I'm ready to keep it moving to the more exciting next game. If you are, let's go. We have the Golden State Warriors traveling to Chicago, taking on this Bulls team. This one has a 226 and a half over under. Uh, this is the highest game total on uh, the main slate. Obviously, that showdown slate has a 230. Uh, Golden State being favored by two and a half points. Both these teams have been absolute dumpster fires to start the season. Uh, but in a good way for fantasy. So a lot of a lot of things that we will like to see. Marquise Chris has already been ruled out of this contest, been dealing with lower leg injury, uh, right lower leg. Uh, Draymond Green is being considered questionable. 
Uh, he did practice on Saturday. He could play and make his return. If he does, that would obviously impact some guys in the rotation, like Eric Paschal. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, the Chicago, this team just doesn't have any rhythm. They're really struggling to get some continuity. A lot of young guys that just kind of don't know what they're doing. Thad Young still out right now. Other than that, they are good to go. So I'll pass it over to you. Golden State side of the ball, Steph Curry, 9,300. It's got to be one of the more uh, appealing plays on the night, right? Steph Curry is my number one play of the night. I love Steph. Uh, I got to gotta roll Steph out tonight. I'm going to start my lineup out with Steph and every single lineup. I'm going to look at James Wiseman. He's the number two option, 6,600 uh, right now. That's quite a bit of a price increase. That makes it tough to tough to roster, 6,600. So probably just go with Steph, even if Draymond returns. Um, I really don't have too much interest in Draymond tonight at 6,300. Not sure he gets the minutes he needs. Oubre or Wiggins, one of those two, uh, could be a good pair since Curry is going to be high-owned. If you want to pair one of those two to go with Curry instead of Wiseman, because it's about time that one of those two have a good game. So, um that's my take on the Warriors side. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think Curry is probably one of the top options on the slate in general. It's just, you know, as bad as the Warriors have looked, it hasn't been due to Curry. Curry looks like he's Curry. Uh, he's going to continue just to feed off all the usage over there, get his. It's a great matchup going against Kobe White. I don't, that doesn't scare me one bit. So, uh, Curry, I'm with you. 9,300, fantastic play. I expect him to probably be one of the higher-owned uh, priced-up guys on the slate. And then as well, uh, you talked about these two ancillary guys, Ubre Wiggins. Both these guys have been struggling. They can't find a shot. Uh, they couldn't hit water out of a boat right now. But uh, these these guys are going to pick it up. One of them is going to turn it around in this game. This is a fantastic matchup, a good get-right situation. Very little team defense gets played by the Chicago Bulls. Should be up pace. I like all those things for these guys. So if I had to pick one of them, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. I'd probably go Ubre just because I feel a little bit more comfortable in him being able to compile a couple counting stats, whether it's uh, you know a couple steals and, and rebounds and things of that nature. Uh, but it's really a toss-up. I wouldn't mind looking at either one of these guys. I would probably use them in pivot-type scenarios and lineups where I'm not playing Curry, though. Um, I think that's a great way to get some exposure to this game. You fade the high-owned guy. You go for the super low-owned Wiggins and Ubre. And at the end of the day, if one of those guys puts up 20 actual real-life points, that's probably going to be the better play. So I, I, I'm, those are the three guys I'm looking at in lineups uh, where without Curry, it'll be either, you know, a little Ubre or a little Wiggins. And then I'm going to have probably I'll probably be matching the field on the on the Curry ownership. It'll probably be about, you know, 50 percent owned across my lineups, maybe 40. Uh, I'll definitely be very high on Curry. And that's probably it. Um, I don't mind looking at Wiseman 6600. No Marquise Chris. We could see a couple extra minutes. Um, I don't think they're limiting him at this point because he's not the best center at the team. I think they're just waiting for him to get a little bit more acclimated. Uh, in that in that case, you know, 25 might be the minutes that we're seeing for the first month of the season. And then once the once this guy gets bumped up past 30, the sky's the limit. He's an absolute piece. He's the best big man to come out of the draft since Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I don't even think it's particularly close at this point. It, he just looks like he has a total, total package defense. Um, and the, the stroke he has, man, he's taking these threes. He's not just taking them. He looks good taking them. And these aren't just, you know, let's give the guy 10 feet worth of room, let him take an open three. Some of these are a little contested. So I, I think sky's the limit for Wiseman. He's my opinion, the best player in this draft, but uh, I could talk about him all day long. So we'll keep it moving to the Chicago Bulls side of things where obviously we just talked about everything uh, going well for the Warriors in this matchup. Well, it's just as good for the Bulls. So, uh, you know, Kobe White, Zach Levine, 
Uh, I think both these guys are very much in play. Kobe White has been a little underwhelming thus far on the season. Still priced up at 6600 so I get it if you do not want to play him. He's a GPP-type target for me because I do not expect there to be ownership. We know he has that 40-point ceiling. It's there. We haven't seen it. And if there's a game that he's going to get it in, it's probably a game like this type with an up-paced matchup, uh, very little defense. So I think both those guys are very firmly in play. And then even if you wanted to look at like a Laurie Marketing at 65, I wouldn't mind it. I'm probably not going to go near Patrick Williams or Otto Porter Jr. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., he's a big question mark at this point. It's just a lot left to see from him. You know, we're all expecting big breakouts. I think a lot of people in the industry were this season. It doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, 5K is a fair price tag. I don't know if I'll pull the trigger in this matchup, though. I'll probably just keep myself to the high usage guys with Kobe White, uh, Levine, and Marketing. Yeah, what a mistake that would have been if they traded. Uh... If the Warriors traded that pick for Wendell Carter, there was a little bit of talks about that. That would have been a huge mistake. But can't get that one back at, either. <laughs> I'm just looking at Zach Levine and Kobe White for on the Bulls side. Those are the only two I consider um, between the two. I, I Levine's top dog. We talked about this before. Uh, he was six of thirteen in the priest. You know that was last night. And uh, he usually gets up closer to 20 shots. So I think Levine will be ready to come out firing tonight. Yeah, and we got to imagine that, you know, they're going to let these young guys work things out over there. You know, we've seen Donovan do this in the past where he trusts his young guys. So I'm not I'm not worried about the main crux in the core of this. Mark it's a guy that down the road in the middle of the season, if he's not – he looks great so far, uh, way better than he did last season. Uh, but he's the one guy that could be on the outside looking in if anything were to go down with this team in the middle of the season just because uh, they opted not to sign him to an extension. And he was a little angry about that. So, uh, you know, he's playing for a contract next year or he's pay- playing for a trade bait for the Bulls right now. So I'm with you. Um, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to push comes to shove, Zach Levine should be expected to take more than 13 shot attempts. I would probably be putting that more up to that 16 to 20, like you said. So let's... Uh, Got some good value on the Bulls side, man. I'm going to be playing some of these guys. but Yeah, the Warriors are... haven't been playing much defense either. No, and I don't think, you know, just because Draymond's back, don't expect 30 minutes from him or anything like that. Uh, he'd probably play like 24, 25 in his first game back. And Draymond's an excellent defender. Not going to say a bad thing about him, but I'm not expecting that to change everything with this Warriors team right away. But we'll keep it moving okay. to the next game. We have three games left. Uh, before we go any further, though, uh, stop what you're doing. Hit pause. Uh, go on to hoop-ball.com. And sign up for the Bruise Letter, because uh, if you guys haven't, you're kind of uh, you're missing the boat on this one. And if you're wondering what the Bruise Letter is, it is a weekly email letter that comes uh, directed towards your email address. And the only way you could see it is if you are on this email list. So go sign up for the Bruise Letter 2021, uh, and you guys will not regret it. I'm telling you, it's our founding father over here, Aaron Bruski. He is a season-long fantasy whiz. Uh, going through the week and kind of giving all of his tidbits, everything he notices, uh, and you guys are the privileged ones on that list and are, are the only ones to see it. You cannot find it anywhere else. You can go to the website. It will not be there. Only way you get it is by being on this list. And uh, some people have been taking advantage of it, and if you haven't, take advantage of our fantasy pass over here, guys. It is an absolute steal, four ninety nine per month, uh, and that's less than 5 bucks, guys. I mean, there's not many things you can get for less than $5 a month nowadays. And what you, what you get is full access to everything on our season-long, our wagering side of things, and over here for our DFS side of things as well. Um, best deal in the business and in the industry, if you ask me. We have a Discord going on every single night over here, always popping. We're always trying to help as many people. We have multiple pros in there uh, on all sides of things. And 
it's it's awesome stuff that we have over here. And you get to see all of our rankings, projections, everything else that comes with it as well uh, for our season-long stuff. So go check out that Fantasy Pass over at hoop-ball.com uh, and just click Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. So three games left, my good friend. We're going to cruise through these last ones. We have Boston going against Indiana, 219 over under. Uh, Pacers being favored by three points in this one. As far as injuries are concerned for the Celtics, Taco Fall, Kemba Walker still out. Uh, and then we slide over to Indiana. Uh, they look like they're good to go outside of uh, Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner, uh, and Goga. Uh, everybody else should be there. So I'll pass it to you on the Boston side of things. What are you looking at? Jason Tatum has a great matchup against the two big guys. It's going to be hard for them to run out on him. Uh, that also gives Sabonis a mismatch down low. But uh, from the Boston side, Tristan Thompson's going to get some extra minutes. He's familiar with these two uh, former division foes. I look at Tristan Thompson. He's a prideful man. Um, he wants to make a splash with his new Celtic team. I'm thinking Tristan Thompson, 5,200. I think he'll be priced up a little higher as the season goes on. He's made it through the uh, first couple games pretty well with the hamstring issue. He missed all most of preseason, so I think third game in, he's sh- Looking at up to 30 minutes, 28, 30 minutes tonight, he should get 28, 30 minutes against these big men. And uh, he's good for a double-double, in my opinion. So, uh, Boston side, I want to throw Thompson out there as as my sneaky play. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on that one. I think this is a good matchup for them to, time to kind of roll out their double-big lineup. We've seen the Celtics do it two straight games now where they roll out Tice and Thompson. They generally eat into each other's minutes. But uh, in this sort of matchup, I can kind of see them getting a few extra spared to him. I wouldn't say necessarily 30, but I could see each one of these guys playing 26, maybe 27 minutes um, just to kind of match that Sabonis and Turner front court as well. So I do like that call. Uh, Tatum, I think, is underpriced at 8,800. You touched on him being a great play. I'm with you. Um, you know, this is just a guy that we can anticipate high usage from and a next level every single season and every single game that we see him. So I'm expecting big things from him. You know, when it comes down to Jalen Brown and Tatum, uh, we've been seeing Brown really, really step up and kind of close that gap as far as who the dominant scorer on this team is going to be. And thirteen hundred dollars difference, I get it. Um, that's probably you know the the floor difference that you're that you're paying for with Tatum. Tatum has that more secured floor at eight thousand eight hundred, but at this point, they both have very, very similar ceilings. Tatum's probably just slightly higher. Uh, both those guys very much in play. Uh, I like your Thompson call. I probably won't be playing too much Marcus Smart until that price tag comes down. I don't like 6700 And then the only other guy would be Jeff Teague at 44 Really let some people down in that last one. Uh, highly, highly owned on that Christmas Day slate. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes we get burned by the highly owned guys, and Teague's one of those guys. But uh, I don't mind going back to the well and looking at him at 4400 I think he makes sense as, uh, as a value play and maybe not necessarily a foundational, uh, excuse me, a foundational one. But one where, you know, you got 4,400 left, you need somebody, and you've got some fair confidence in Teague in his minutes in his role. I agree. All right. Let's move it over to the Indiana side of things now. Uh, we know that Boston, uh, their one Achilles heel, has been their front court for quite some time now. Uh, they brought Tristan Thompson in here to kind of hopefully be able to help them a little bit with that. But what do you think goes on um, on this uh, on this Indiana side of things? Like, who are you targeting? Uh, Brogdon, Brogdon's been, uh, controlling the pace. He's the lead man on the point guard. He's going to be distributing and, uh, TJ Warren, Victor Oladipo will both be playing off of Brogdon. So those two guys are pretty much scores. 
uh, Brogdon, he'll get more of the fantasy stats and numbers we're looking for. So I would start um, looking at Brogdon, but I think Sabonis is the main man right now in Indiana. I just wanted to throw those other names out there, but if I'm going to be rostering anybody on Indiana, Sabonis has been putting up 50 fantasy points these first couple games. And, uh, I mean, he's used to playing against Tristan Thompson as well, so he does more than just stay down low. He brings the ball up. He gets blocks. He gets he can shoot the ball. He's just an all-around great player. He's still priced pretty low. My uh, Two of my favorite plays tonight will be Tatum and Sabonis. All right. Yeah, now 8400 I think is a great price tag for him. Coming off of a triple-double, too. Um, in that in yesterday's game, so you know they're on the second half of a back to back, but they wiped the floor with the Bulls. Um, or yeah, it, it was it was not even a contest; it was embarrassing actually. So um, I don't necessarily expect a lot of these guys to be too too limited because they did get you know a fair amount of time to rest. That being said, Sabonis was probably the I think he did lead the team in minutes. He played about thirty four in that game, uh, probably just to get in that triple double. Uh, but I'm with you. I think Sabonis and Brogdon are my two top options. Um, I won't be playing T.J. Warren. Just knowing that he's been dealing with that plantar fasciitis, second half of a back-to-back, the whole nine. Uh, he's been kind of limited coming into the season so far, so I'll leave him there. Um, and uh, Oladipo at 6400 I think that's a very, very fair price tag. He's a guy that should probably be closer to a 7K. Uh, but, you know, that Marcus Smart defense, I expect him to draw it. Uh, and that kind of leads me to go to Brogdon. You know, if we're seeing Warren a little bit limited, even Sabonis, uh, knowing he led the team in minutes, he's dealing with plantar fasciitis himself. It's not as bad as Warren's because he's he's been playing through it and playing great through it for quite some time. Uh, but it's there. So we have to keep that in mind. And, you know, the second half of the back to back, all that. So I, I expect Brogdon to you know be fairly high usage in this game. Um, you know, having the better matchup against a guy like Jeff Teague, uh, knowing that, you know, Warren's probably gonna be a little limited. Um, I like both those guys. Brogdon, Sabonis, my two top options. Obviously, you're paying for them on Indiana, and that's probably it. If you wanted to look at Miles Turner, I don't knock it. I'm not expecting the eight block shots again, so uh, I'll let somebody else pay for him. And that's yeah, look, probably it for me. I don't know if you have anything else. Are you ready to move on to the last two games? Just a quick thing. Uh, last year, not sure if Tristan Thompson played in this game for Cleveland. Sabonis had 18 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. Let's see. Um, Drummond actually started that game, so that that's not good. Uh, I guess we'll just move on. That doesn't really mean much then. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know Drummond's a, probably a better defender than Tristan Thompson at this stage in their career. So, uh, if anything, that might just bode more more well for uh for our boy Sabonis over there. And again, I, I'm not going to say don't play Sabonis. I think I love that price tag. I love the match, but love everything about it. Um, you know, I think he's there, there, very, very much in uh, an option in, in play. So. We'll keep it moving, though. We have two games left. Phoenix Suns going against the Sacramento Kings. 224-and-a-half game total. Suns being favored by four points in this one. Uh, injuries for Phoenix. It's just Dario Sarge. Uh, and they also just brought back Frank Kaminsky to basically take that exact same role. So um, don't even worry about that one. And then Daquan Jeffries is out for uh, Sacramento. So we will start off with the Phoenix Suns. This team's been playing good ball, man. Uh, they look good. It looks like that Chris Paul edition might have been worth uh, all the hype and everything the clamoring. But who are you looking at over here? I look. I'm looking at Devin Booker. He's uh, due for a big game against Sacramento. He's been priced down a little bit since yesterday. Uh, him and him and De'Aaron Fox had a little bit of a spat. So I think uh, Chris Paul, like we've been talking all night, these back-to-back games, Chris Paul may be affected a little bit. He may have a little bit of a minute reduction. 
And uh, Devin Booker, I'm sure he's hungry to get a little bit more of that usage that he was used to in the bubble. So I think Devin Booker may have one of those signature Devin Booker games tonight. And listen, uh, if you've been listening to DFS today for any sort of time, whether it's a season, two seasons, or three seasons, whatever it might be, um, I mentioned targeting shooting guards against the Kings is something I love to do. Uh, Devin Booker plays shooting guard. So I'm not going to, you know, he's definitely, I prefer Curry. $200 less, that's, you know, push come to shove. Uh, I prefer Curry. But that's where we get our GPP and our ownership pivot type plays. If you do play a Booker over a Curry, uh, he's probably going to be less than half the ownership, and he still has a very, very similar upside. So, um, that's the kind of situation where I'd be looking at Booker. It's, it's uh, simply a pivot type play. Uh, push come to shove. I still prefer Curry. Um, but what about this front court? DeAndre Ayton's kind of, he's, I wouldn't say he struggled, uh, but he hasn't been kind of in gear just yet. I know that we we know that what DeAndre Ayton's capable of and what his ceiling could be. We've seen it a few times last season. So 7,400 feels a little underpriced, but um, do you trust him in this sort of matchup? Sean Holmes is a great defender. Um I don't trust Aiton yet. I guess if Chris Paul is out, I I would look at Aiton a little bit more. But with Chris Paul eating into Aiton's shots, he only took five shots yesterday. Unless they make it a a game plan going into tonight's game to get Aiton more shots, and that's your uh, strategy, then I would go with Aiton. But in my opinion, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Aiton out and let other let other people play him right now. Okay. Yeah. No. Listen. I don't. I'm not. I don't know how I actually feel about Aiton quite just yet. I like this price tag. I'm not really scared off the matchup. Um, I'm with you. I think that obviously we need more than five shot attempts from him, but that's exactly what I had in mind. Was maybe let's get this guy more involved. Uh, let's script something around him. Rashawn Holmes is a very, very. He's a positive defender, but um, doesn't really necessarily scare me off of him. And then I look at you know Whiteside coming in for Holmes here and there. And if Aiton gets any time against Whiteside, you should just be able to chew him up. Um, Whiteside, I get it. You can go look. He led the league in blocks last season, but uh, he's not a good defender. He is a terrible, actual, real-life basketball defender. So he get block shots. He'll commit for those, but he cannot. Uh, he cannot actually stay with his guys, and he's got pretty rough footwork as well. So um, I don't mind looking at Aiden Chris Paul at seventy-two hundred. I think that's a more than fair price tag. We talked about a ton of point guards on the slate already. So push comes to shove. Does he end up making your build? Um, I don't mind it. I think that you know pretty good floor price tag for him right there. And we know he can get you 40. I would say he's probably going to end up clamoring around that 34 to 35 point DK point range. Uh, and that's probably it for me. I'm not going to be going towards, uh, you know, campaign at 5,100. I get it. He's been getting good run. Uh, you know, maybe a Jay Crowder at 5K. If you're just looking for a guy that's, you know, low owned and you happen to stumble on him and fall on him. I'm not going out of my way to play Jay Crowder, but I wouldn't mind him either. But that's probably it for me. I'm with you. All right, we'll move over to the Sacramento side of things, and uh, you know things get a little bit more interesting. Um, Buddy Hield's been starting, playing well, hit that game-winning shot uh, towards the end of overtime uh, last game, not last game, but the game prior to that one. Uh, Sixty-nine hundred starting shooting guard. Any interest in him? Uh, yeah, I think you always have to be interested in uh, Buddy Hield because he's a microwave player. If he gets hot, he's got a good matchup. This should be. Much higher scoring game than it was last night, 103-106. This is the same exact matchup from last night. No travel involved. Um, I'm looking for a little bit higher scoring game tonight. Buddy Heald is the type of guy that you, 6,900, he can win you a tournament. Yeah, no, I, that's what it comes down to. I think him and Fox are always the two top guys that we're looking at. And when I have to pick one of them, I'm 
you know, I look at prices, I look at situation, and, you know, Fox going against Chris Paul isn't necessarily a great matchup. Uh, I mean, I, I like Buddy Hill's usage. I like those shot attempts. He's not shy, whether he's, you know, clip, hit him on a major clip or going 4-14. He's going to keep chewing him. So I probably prefer Buddy Hield over De'Aaron Fox, um, just simply on price. If they were the exact same price, it would be Fox over Hield. But that twelve hundred dollar difference uh, kind of pushes me a little bit towards Hield. I'm not playing Harrison Barnes, uh, Bagley. I'm not going to touch either on the second half of a back to back. I don't trust him. And then I could see maybe playing a guy like if you wanted to play a Rashawn Holmes or a Whiteside. They're, they're decent value plays at center. Whiteside's only thirty seven hundred. I'm not expecting big minutes or anything, but we know Whiteside's a guy that can grab a double double and block a shot or two in fifteen to twenty minutes. So. That's it for me. It's probably going to be healed. And then um, maybe a little bit of that center action uh, and, and just ownership type pivots. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, I think that's pretty good breakdown. I like De'Aaron Fox more than healed, but like you say, the price point, I'm going to be looking at Curry. So it's going to be hard to fit in a Fox. If I already want to have a Steph Curry and a buddy healed and even want to try and get, tricky fitting in Devin Booker instead of Fox would be the way I would go. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what it comes down to. You know, Fox is in a bad play. He's not a bad price or anything like that, but let's be real guys. We have nine games on. Uh, if we were to go through every single game and tell you, we liked everybody, what good would this podcast be? Uh, we got to try to, you know, eliminate some of these guys from our player pool and be a little realistic with it. And, you know, if we're playing said player, a, you know, a lot, uh, we can't have said player B all that much because that would be contradictive. It wouldn't make sense. So, uh, that's what it comes down to. When you hear us do these shows, you'll kind of hear us say, you know, I'm not playing him. Um, I try to put emphasis on him just because I'm not playing him doesn't mean he's not a great play. I just, you know, I have to I have to plant my flag on some places. I have to take, you know, pivots and stands on ownership and things like that. Um, and it also comes down to what kind of contest you are playing. Um, we try to mention, you know, this guy's a better GPP player. This guy's a cash play. Um, and what that basically means is, you know, he has a little bit more risk involved. Uh, cash plays where you need to finish in the top 50% of the field, you don't need to be as risky. You could eat more chalk and all that kind of thing. And you're not fading ownership as much. Uh, whereas if you're playing in a mass entered uh, GPP with, you know, people loading up 150 lineups each and there's 40,000 contest entries in that thing, you're going to have to get a little different. Uh, you're going to have to take some chances. You're going to, you know, you're going for that number one spot finish. I mean, let's be real. Uh, just cashing in a GPP isn't always that fun. It's nice when you're in the green, but you're doubling your money and you're just stressed out about it when you could have, uh, you know, had a much easier time doing that in a 50-50. So you're really going for that top spot and to do that and, and to finish in that top one or two percentile, you got to be different. You got to take some chances and you got to make calculated risks. So um, I figured I'd throw that in there real quick just so you guys kind of get a little understanding. Of, uh, you know, I understand not everybody's been listening to our show for years. Uh, some people are relatively new. It might be your first time listening. And if you are, thank you for joining us. Uh, but I, I figured I'd give some clarification towards the end of that. That way uh, you guys kind of had an idea of how we break things down over here. So we'll keep it moving, though. Last game of the night, Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to L.A. to take on this Lakers team. 223.5 over under. Lakers being favored by 11 um, definitely some things that we have to monitor. Carl Anthony Towns took a hard fall, um, last night on his wrist. He left the game, he came back. Uh, but after the game, there's some swelling, there's some soreness. I, I, he's not playing in this one, guys. Um, I would be extremely surprised if he does play. So keep an eye on that. They, uh, they haven't really put an injury tag or anything next to him, um, on DK just yet, but, uh, it's definitely something that we have to monitor. And again, I'd be shocked if he does play. And on the LA side of things, uh, we have Anthony Davis being considered questionable while LeBron James is being considered probable. Now, uh, that's definitely something worth monitoring because we know if one of these guys sits where we're going. And, uh, you know, with Carl Anthony Towns most likely to sit, it wouldn't shock me if Davis does. Um, if he does play, 
there's your 11 and a half point spread and we get why. So we'll start off with this Minnesota side of things. I'm pretty much going off the assumption Carl Anthony Towns is out. So we'll break it down as that, uh, as you know, that way, I guess. But where would you be looking if he does sit? There's a great guy you mentioned earlier uh, before the podcast, Nas Reed. If Carl's Anthony Towns is out, I'd look to fill that power forward spot. Since I mentioned I'm looking kind of guard heavy on some of my lineups tonight, Nas Reed in that power forward spot has been a good point per minute guy with with Towns out. I like I like where uh, that possibilities with lineups could go. And I think that uh, Malik Beasley has been getting up a ton of shot attempts. Uh, a lot of people will instantly go to D'Angelo Russell with Towns out. Um, but Malik Beasley is still priced reasonably. And it's still early in the season where we're looking at those price tags that are not where they're supposed to be. So Malik Beasley stands out to me. That's a good small forward uh, position. Yeah, and we have to wait and see what this team's exactly going to do too, because um, it wouldn't shock me if we see the starting lineup, obviously it's going to change, but um, if they decide just to shift up a little bit and get, you know, three guard rotation once in a while with Beasley, Rubio, Russell, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a little burn of that kind of uh, rotation tonight, but I'm with you. I think uh, my two top options, Nas Reed, 4,200, he's going to be the chalk, um, you know, not a great matchup, obviously, but it's kind of hard to, you know, fade that chalk and ignore that chalk. We've seen him, you know, in a good sample size last season with Carl Anthony Towns out, what he can do. I get it, you know, in those sample sizes was priced almost at 6K. So 4,200 is a great price tag. I'll be on him. And then uh, you touched on it, Beasley. Anytime I see Cat or D'Angelo Russell out, that's the first place I look. This dude just chucks. He's a high usage guy. He'll be second on the team in shot attempts. There's no doubt about it behind Russell. It might even be ahead of him. Uh, and we've seen some of that rebounding upside with Cat off the floor. Um, I think there was a preseason game where he grabbed about 11 rebounds. He had, a, I think it was six in that last one. He doesn't mind mixing it up in there and going after them. So I, I really do like Beasley and I really do like Reed. Those are two guys that will be um, in a lot of my lineups, I think. Um, if you want to look at a guy like a Rubio or a Russell, would it knock you? Um, you know, those guys are priced fairly. I would just go for the guys that are a little cheaper and uh, have very similar upside. So that's kind of where I'm at with Minnesota. And I'm going to probably end it there. I don't really want to go with any, uh, you know, Edwards or Culver. I wouldn't mind them. But uh, those are kind of GPP-type options. I agree. Uh, Edwards looked pretty good last night, but he didn't put up much else than 18 points. That was pretty much uh, an empty stat line after the points. Yeah, and that's good. We're going to see that. He's been chucking. Um, he's going to continue shooting. But uh, I want to see a little bit more for uh, the peripheral stats. But let's slide over to this uh, the Lakers side of the ball. If Davis sits, where are you looking? Davis sits. You got uh, Markeith Morris who could slide in and uh, fill up. So he could put up some nice numbers for forty three hundred. Um, he's not my favorite play, but the Lakers realized what he can do last year when they went kind of to that small ball lineup um, when they benched Javale McGee. So Marcus Morris, I'd say. I mean, sorry, Markeith Morris is a little bit of a sleeper option. Um, KCP, I, d I really don't like KCP too much. Kyle Kuzma is priced 5700 If AD's out, Kyle Kuzma could be good, but probably going to be a little bit of chalk there. So Markeith gives you a nice little pivot to Kyle Kuzma. 
Yeah, I, I, I do like that pivot call. Um, I think when push comes to shove, I'd probably just lean Kuzma. Uh, 5,700, I think, you know, just the higher ceiling than uh, Markeith Morris. I don't I don't know if Markeith Morris has like a slate, a GPP winning uh, winning ceiling. But, uh, you know, he should have a stable floor of around 20 to 22 minutes regardless. So uh, I think both those guys are excellent calls. And then there's one other guy that really stands out to me as a fantastic play, and it's Dennis Schroeder. Um, I, if Davis sits, I love myself some Dennis Schroeder. He'll probably be one of my higher-owned guys. Just all that usage going uh, to Schroeder, to Kuzma. Those are the two guys that would benefit the most with Davis sitting. Um, you know, Kuzma is the obvious one because he plays the same position. Uh, but you got to understand, LeBron James is going to facilitate. He's going to be looking for his guys. And just having that other go-to scorer like Dennis Schroeder on their team is going to be huge for them this season. So um, great matchup, high pace. The Lakers are walking into a cakewalk matchup, especially with no towns. I absolutely love this spot for uh, the Lakers. Now, with that being said, 11-point spread, I feel a little bit more confident in Schroeder and Kuzma's minutes if this game does get out of hand as well. So I think they're almost matchup proof um, or blowout proof as well. So those two guys, they make a ton of sense for me. I'm going to have uh, some good exposure to them. And then if, if Davis sits, you can look at LeBron. Um, wouldn't mind it. If both these guys play and Towns is out, I'm probably not going to either one of them. I'll be too worried about that blowout, and I'll still have a little bit of uh, shorter news. Probably won't play too much Kuzma if Davis does play. Yeah, Schroeder. I love Schroeder as well. So that's a good call. Yeah, and I think, you know, he'll fall in between the cracks for a lot of these other guys. You know, we talked about your Malik Beasley's. We talked about some of those other guys earlier around the same price tag. So I don't expect him to draw uh, a fairly heavy ownership and even, you know, getting mixed up with those guys uh, early on that we talked about. Your DeJounte Murray's, who's 68, he has $700 more. It's a big difference. Um, but if you wanted to find the 700, you would. And, there, you know, there's a few. We talked about Graham. We talked about uh, Garland. Uh, there's a few guys in that price range where Schroeder might just slip through the cracks a little bit. And that's it, man. That's all we have. So this show, uh, hour and 17 minutes. We went above time. It's okay. Uh, you know, weekend, 10 games, but uh, we got through it. Uh, and I think, you know, with a lot of a lot of good information in here, this is a great slate to play. It's one of my probably one of my favorite slates uh, since the season has started. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'll probably have some heavy ownership in here. Um, but I appreciate you jumping out with me, man. This is it's a great show. Um, you know, obviously, if you guys have a quick minute, if you can go give us a little you know, comment, little, little favorite, little review, uh, mean the world to us, subscribe. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to them. iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, all over the place. Give us a thumbs up, a five star it means the world to us guys, because it, it just allows us to see that we're doing some things right. And sometimes we're not. And let us know well, we, we could take the constructive criticism. We want to try to gear this the best that we could for you guys. So, uh, and then give us a follow on Twitter. If you're, if you're looking for us, um, you know, more information, more avenues to get a hold of us. Uh, you know, you can always jump in our Discord. That's what I'd get. I'd recommend the most because you can always get to us. Uh, we check our Twitter so often. Uh, but you can find me at Mike Apatria. That's M I K E A P O T R I A. Keith, why don't let you good people know where you can find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at, at CashOutKeith. All no uh, hyphens, no underscores, just all one word. That's it. CashOutKeith. Uh, give us, give, give my man Keith a nice follow. He's been crushing it over here. He's been doing some good things with us. So, uh, trying to, trying to build him up, to, uh, and get his name out there a little bit more because he's always bringing some good, some good hit quick information. So, uh, again, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, I will be on with Brenton breaking down that nice Monday card for you guys. As always, thank you for everybody over here at hoop ball. We will catch you later. Let's go crush some GPPs. Let's get it.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.